Anastasia. Well, yes, considering the fact that history too is being written not about the spiritual nature prevailing among the peoples of the world, but about domination of the animal nature in mankind, who ruled over whom and against whom the wars were waged. All right, could you tell us, please, how the following phenomena can be explained? In a paper on ethnology, I've read about superstitions and cases connected with Siberian shamans. Powerful shamans ask their relatives to rebury them three times after their death, once every hundred years. People pass this information from generation to generation. If a burial didn't take place for some reason, then the shaman started to invisibly haunt the living generation of his descendants and threaten them with disasters. If the new generation didn't respond to this, then the local population suffered various misfortunes, such as epidemics, loss of cattle, natural disasters, and so on. This was the case with both good and bad shamans. It was also mentioned that if people treated the memory of good shamans with respect, then they in turn protected them from any disasters or personal misfortunes. Rigdon We must differentiate concepts here. In this world, both forces of the animal mind of the material world and forces of the spiritual world are at work. Manifestations connected with forces of nature mostly relate to actions of the animal mind. As for the human subpersonality, which during its life as a personality, while developing supernatural powers, reached a certain level of influence over people, it can only provoke a surge of the animal nature in people, affecting them mostly through their subconscious by means of an exchange of information. Any subpersonality preserves the ego, its self-identification. It has experience, knowledge, and the skills of influence on the material world, but it does not have life force. It is not the dead shaman who creates disasters among people, but the belief of people themselves in this superstition. This happens at the expense of the power of living people. Besides, we must not forget about activation of power, the signs with which the shaman worked during his life, and spirits of this or that locale which are also controlled by the animal mind. However, this is another topic, not for this conversation. Anastasia This means that subpersonalities remember everything. Rigdon Yes, they are intelligent structures, and they're very scared and tormented by the future reincarnation, which on one hand extends their agony and on the other hand brings the final death closer. That is why it is very important for the living personality to do everything possible and impossible in life in order to unite with its soul. The objective of the animal nature during the personality's life is to divert the latter from the spiritual nature by any means, whether in thoughts, wishes, actions, or deeds. It matters not, so long as man covets the material, earthly and mortal. The animal nature will use any means to achieve its end, including such manifestations of subpersonalities. There is no good in the animal nature. It is mortal. 
That is why its intention, just like that of any intelligent matter, is to gain control over other matter and use its life force for its own purposes. The animal nature does everything possible in order to change the direction of life factor of the personality and distract it from the spiritual nature. It does not disdain to use any means, its entire arsenal. And that, first and foremost, is aggression, attack. It is a search for the person's weak spot, where he or she can be mentally bitten and emotionally hit, or simply tempted with another sweet illusion. It constantly imposes new directives on a person or activates the old ones. The animal nature is dead man's dictatorship. Anastasia You have hit the nail on the head about dead man's dictatorship. As they say, the earth is a coffin for every dead man. Everything that a person desires in this material world is indeed transient and mortal. Rigdon The clever tricks of the animal nature are varied. If a person does not understand himself, he has a hard time in this life, and still harder afterwards. And it's not about external conditions, but rather about human choice. Life passes very quickly. And the worst thing about human existence is not the death of the body. The worst thing is when a person has lived his life in an illusory oblivion of this world and understood nothing, when his personality has not evolved in the spiritual aspect, then absolute inevitability comes for him. Here you suffer during your life, whereas there you will suffer for centuries and will have no chance to change anything since there will no longer be an instrument for this as opposed to the personality which is in the body. For the subpersonality, such a situation is equivalent to the plight of a hungry person who is standing and watching an abundance of different food behind the glass without being able to reach it. Food seems to be so close, but the glass prevents him from taking it. That is when questions start pouring from the subpersonality's egoism, such as, Why me? I've been so good. Because you were choosing momentary pleasures, material things, instead of eternity. Because in your thoughts, you secretly lost it for power over others, pleased your animal nature, and acted against your conscience. Because you were wasting each passing day, both in deeds and in thoughts, on your egocentrism. And such becauses are many in all the days of your short life, wherever you look. Anastasia Yes, this is sad. Yet many people simply cannot imagine living differently other than worrying about matter. Although people themselves are not bad and they suffer from one and the same fetters of the animal nature, they blame these sufferings on the stereotypical reasons and responses imposed upon the society. Everybody lives like that. These are the times we live in. Such is my fate. You cannot escape your fate, etc. That is, people behave passively when it comes to transforming themselves and their destiny, while others, on the contrary, are active but in the wrong direction. I've met people who by their nature have, it can be said, innate leadership qualities. Practically since their childhood, they have felt the inner power, thanks to which they can influence people and foresee events. By the way, how can one explain such innate power in a person? 
Can it somehow be connected to the person's previous life? Rigdon. Cases can certainly vary. However, if we speak of a person's innate talent, this means that in the past incarnation of this soul, the personality developed spiritually and achieved certain results in self-development and in understanding of this world. In other words, there was a good leap in the spiritual growth, but it wasn't enough for leaving the system of Ariman, for breaking the cycle of rebirths. Nevertheless, in a new life, a new personality with such a soul has certain advantages in comparison with other people. Human is born with a great energy potential, which if used properly, contributes to faster spiritual growth of the personality and gives it real chances to merge with the soul and leave the circle of rebirths. There are many such talented people. They feel that they're different from everyone. Since childhood, such people are quite sociable, have leadership qualities, the innate gift of influencing people, a certain level of sensitivity to events and manifestations of subtle energies, etc. However, there is another category of people with great potential. In childhood, as a result of conditions they got into, they grow up withdrawn and distanced from the outside world. And only later on, as adults, they develop their full potential. Anastasia Obviously, such a gift is a great responsibility? Rigdon Yes, and in the first place for the person himself. Those born with great spiritual potential should understand that there will be an equally strong opposition from the animal nature's side, and it will do everything to use this power for its own purposes. If knowledge which explains these moments is lacking in the society, if numerous thinking patterns are set like traps in the format of the animal nature, then such gifted people, following priorities of the society, start spending their unique power on implementation of programs of the animal nature. They notice that they can solve certain seemingly difficult issues quite easily. They understand that they have influence over others. It is easy for them to be leaders in any group. But without proper knowledge of themselves, as a rule, they start using their gift either for selfish purposes to implement programs of their animal nature or in general for the system which exists within a program of the animal mind. Thus, they become absorbed in matter, choose it more often, and develop this direction in their lives. This is how the animal mind deceives them. The animal nature activates in a person a subtle substitution of the spiritual vector of life for the material one occurs, and this innate power is spent in favor of the animal mind. In very rare cases, such gifted people, overcoming strong opposition of their animal nature, become spiritual leaders, for instance. I mean, not those who possess religious power over people, but those who truly follow the spiritual path really helping others develop spiritually and free their consciousness from the captivity of matter. But mostly, they use this gift to build a career for themselves, gain power, to accumulate material possessions, and so on. As a rule, such people become leaders in society. Some become public figures, others become businessmen, 
still others turn into crime lords, etc. Sometimes they simply surprise the people around them who cannot understand how and why it happens this way in life when a clearly intellectually weak person, in their opinion, one without higher education, builds a financial empire which has an enormous influence. In fact, this person simply has a great inner potential and a narrowed consciousness which is directed towards material priorities because the animal nature constantly dominates in him. If such a person broadened his horizons and chose spiritual priorities in life, that is, if he radically changed his inner direction of movement from negative to positive, then he would be able to achieve much in his spiritual development, consciously transforming himself for the better, for the spiritual, he has more than a realistic chance of achieving spiritual liberation and leaving the circle of reincarnations already in this lifetime, although every living person, by the way, has such a chance. It is a personal choice, purposefulness, self-development, and his perseverance of spiritual goal that play the decisive role here. I emphasize that such changes are connected solely with the transformation of a person's inner world. If a person tries to change their external conditions without changing internally, that will not do any good. Anastasia I guess like the most people, when they are left alone, such people too feel the burden of matter and everyday problems from time to time. They obviously understand that everything they have achieved on the walk of life is not genuine. It is not the result which their soul desired, and that all this is mundane and superficial. Does it happen that the animal nature completely seizes control over such gifted people? Rigdon It does. But in such cases, these people turn into really selfish, aggressive mutants. There is no other name for such creatures. But this only goes to prove that subpersonalities have practically no influence over which vector of his or her own development the new personality chooses during life. Let us put it this way. Even if the subpersonality had achieved significant spiritual heights back in its day, and all it lacked was only one step to nirvana, the final escape from the circle of rebirths, this does not mean that the subsequent personality will make this step. As a rule, the opposite usually happens, since such personalities, with a spiritually evolved subpersonality, are exposed to more attention from the animal mind already in early childhood. As a result, instead of continuing their development in the spiritual direction and achieving the final fusion with the soul, that is spiritual liberation, escape to nirvana, these people waste their gift, their valuable power inherited from the previous personality on an illusion imposed by the animal nature. In the end, instead of the intended leap forward in a spiritual sense, the person falls back, thus burdening his personality and the soul. Naturally, he ends up in the reincarnation circle again, only in much worse conditions this time. And as a result, this personality will have to experience death, become a subpersonality, and then suffer in new bodies for a very long time because of his fatal mistake. 
Anastasia. So they spent this power not on a leap into eternity, but on ruling over their own kind in this mortal moment, which passes very quickly. Rigdon. Yes, it is foolish to give preference to mortal matter when just a footstep away from spiritual eternity. The body will die anyway, but what will you be left with? Intelligent material structure's fear of inevitable destruction is exactly the main reason due to which inner opposition to God and his world, coming from the animal nature, appears in a person. Such an opposition appears where the spiritual and the material worlds collide or intersect. This phenomenon is described in some religions as a battle between archangels and fallen angels. But in reality, these are mere associations. This does not mean that someone somewhere is waging a heavenly war for the human soul. All this is taking place here and now, inside every person. And the battlefield is his consciousness, thoughts, emotions, and desires. Their preponderance in favor of either the spiritual or the material means victory or defeat of the personality in the momentary battle for the soul, and eventually for the right to merge with it and transition to eternity. It is scary to lose a battle, but fatal to lose the war. Why does man fear God? by turn loving him and then hating him, because everyone, due to repeated reincarnations of their soul, knows subconsciously that there is a spiritual world, there is God, and spiritual beings serving him. The latter are called angels in legends among people, but they do not look the way people imagine them in the associative categories of religion. These are beings of another dimension which is different from the three-dimensional world. After all, that reality cannot be described in words. Any attempt of such an interpretation of that world will be associatively linked to this world by human thinking and so will distort reality. And if the subsequent transfer of this information is then carried out under the dominance of the animal nature, while you yourself, having encountered it repeatedly, have seen what form these legends eventually take and how they're fleshed out with extra details. Let's take, for instance, the tales of God's judgment. In fact, everything is simple. Each time after death of the material body, a person, or rather the personality and the soul with subpersonalities, has a meeting with representatives of the spiritual world and gives, so to speak, an answer for the life lived after which man's further destiny is decided. Hence, various legends among the peoples of the world about God's judgment, the afterlife fate of man, and so on. Yet how everything is twisted and how it gets dished up in those very religions and various beliefs. All this misunderstanding takes place also due to the fact that during its life, the personality has no access to the memory and experience of subpersonalities, and the person does not know the whole truth about himself. If the life of a human personality didn't start from scratch every time with memory of past lives blocked, there would be no conditions for making the choice. If people consciously remembered all the reincarnations of their soul, 
and the unbearable suffering which their subpersonalities are still experiencing, I assure you that all people would have long ago become angels, but unfortunately the memory of past lives is blocked. Each time a person has to plunge into this world again for the sake of independent, conscious, spiritual maturation of his personality. Still, what is good about such a clean slate of the new personality's consciousness? First of all, the fact that priorities are inscribed on it anew, which determine the dominant choice during the life of the new personality, regardless of previous merits of subpersonalities. That is, if the person drastically changes his life vector in favor of the spiritual nature, directs his dominant thoughts to the spiritual channel, and disciplines his consciousness, then he, the personality, will get a real chance to save himself and his soul in his life. After all, in such a case, he will start to qualitatively transform himself for the better and to live in the spiritual world. However, if human, the personality, again wishes to get caught in the fetters of material thinking with thoughts of the animal nature invariably dominating in him, then such a personality will have only one route, to become a sub-personality. For the person will be spending the power intended for liberating the soul on the never-ending desires of the material world. Do you understand the fundamental difference between the life of a person in whom the material dominates versus the one who is dominated by the spiritual? When the material dominates in consciousness, a person lives by the material world, only occasionally thinking about the soul. Sometimes he may even try doing spiritual practices. He usually regards the latter as one of his hobbies or as a means of helping to develop superpowers in order to strengthen his influence on people, and so on. At that, such a person naturally does not bother much to work on himself and tame his animal nature. But when the spiritual dominates, the personality in its new quality lives by the spiritual world, by its love for God, abiding in it constantly. In this state, the person looks at all the tricks of the animal nature with humor, knowing their nature and foreseeing its further attacks and subsequent actions, and they no longer burden the personality, for a person does not fall for them, because in his thoughts and feelings, he lives already by the spiritual world. As for the material world, he only comes in contact with it since he continues his existence in the physical body, doing good deeds. Anastasia Yes, indeed. One who is in love is in God, and God is in him, for God is love. Rigdon, a truly holy human, lives by this. Anastasia, the knowledge about subpersonalities is valuable, but in a person it may give rise to fear that he won't have enough time within this life to develop to a state of complete spiritual liberation of himself and his soul, and will therefore become a mortal subpersonality. Rigdon. Well, first of all, such fear can be caused only by egoism, that is, the animal nature. Secondly, you yourself have witnessed a person receive the knowledge 
so to speak, from scratch, just like everyone else in the group. But he became so inspired by those seeds of the truth and desire to unite with the spiritual world so strongly that it took him only two years of responsible work on himself for the spiritual world to accept him. And this despite all the unfavorable living conditions he was in compared to the rest of the group. So where there is a will, there is a way. And thirdly, when love for God prevails in a person's life, any fear vanishes on the way to achieving the desired goal. I will give you a figurative example for understanding the essence of spiritual deeds. Imagine a person at war defending his motherland. He loves it so ardently and deeply that he is ready to fight for it with all his strength, stop at nothing for victory, and do everything possible and impossible for the sake of one goal, to liberate his motherland. He is ready to die for the love of motherland. He doesn't care what will happen to his body. The main thing for him is the feeling that he is experiencing, which leads him into battle and makes him fight triumphantly. And this feeling of love does not leave him even when he is taken prisoner by the enemy and knows that he is destined to die in agony, because he is filled with the feeling of true love for which he has lived and for which he will die. So everything depends on the person. If he is filled with true love for God, by which he lives every day, then there is no room for any doubt in him. He has only one goal, victory for the sake of liberating his soul. Anastasia Yes, victory at any cost. Rigdon So saving his soul is the main deed in the life of a human his main goal, the meaning of his existence. The salvation of the soul is the real service to the spiritual world and not to the material one. Save yourself, and thousands around you will be saved. And there is nothing difficult here, as long as there is a wish. One should simply start with the basic, work on oneself. The human brain is like a computer. The output depends on what you put in. It will work in the direction of the goals you set and the programs you install in it. During life, its memory accumulates the experience of various associative sensations, perceptions, thoughts, feelings, and so on. These associations are mostly linked to impressions received from the surrounding world. Why is it very important for the modern person walking on the spiritual path to constantly broaden his horizons, read more, get acquainted with various information, and enrich his background knowledge in various fields. Because then, a person will have more associations, an improved memory, and a comprehensive perception of the world. After all, the subconscious out of which associations are drawn is similar to a cupboard. What you once put in there is what you will later find. The material structure of the brain holds images, holograms, which it received during the lived life. For example, when a person receives new information through eyesight or hearing, an excitation of neurons takes place in a certain area of the brain. The brain processes the information, and if we use the categories already known to you, 
and excitation of certain information building blocks occurs. The brain detects what it is based on the previous knowledge and experience. This encompasses everything, sound, sensations, knowledge, and so on. Figuratively speaking, the brain operates as a search engine in the computer. For instance, if you type in the word kindness, it will return all the files with information containing this word. In general, the brain searches for what is similar to the associations that are in the contents of the cupboard of our subconscious. At the same time, it also stores new information with its characteristics, replenishing its cupboard with it. If a person is too lazy to improve his knowledge and develop analytical skills, limiting himself only to what mass media presents to him ready-made, he becomes an ideal object to be controlled by priests and politicians through his own consciousness. Because of his own laziness, the person consciously narrows his horizon of knowledge. And when one's brain is barren of associations, the majority of which are often looped on material priorities, such a person becomes spiritually weak. It is easier to control and deceive him and instill certain mindsets in him. Actually, that is why priests and politicians seek to bring a person to the state of narrowed consciousness. In such a state, he is convenient for their control. Furthermore, it is enough to put certain associations and role models into his consciousness, and the person becomes an obedient puppet in their hands. Anastasia That's right. If you demonstrate to a person how bad everything is, he will replay bad things in his thoughts, inadvertently focusing his attention on them. He will revive and actualize negative situations, recalling the relevant associations. After all, like attracts like. At the same time, if good things are demonstrated to a person, if his attention is drawn to the spiritual aspects of life, if examples of kindness, morality, culture, good manners, and a spiritual way of thinking are shown to him more often, then he will be forming his worldview already in this direction.